And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody is doing well. We have got a lot to talk about here as we head into the weekend. First of all, we will continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders from 2019-2020. And we'll talk about another top prospect, former first-round draft choice, who... Hopefully, we'll have a bright future with the New York Islanders, so we'll have that. We have the latest trade rumors of a big star player with a Canadian team who, rumors have it, are out there to be traded, and and the Islanders may be interested if they could pull something off. We've also got some buyout rumors to discuss, according to Sportsnet up in Canada, And, of course, our Islanders birthday of the day, a fan favorite from the 70s and early 80s who uh, was a pretty decent hockey player in spite of the fact that his reputation had a lot to do with, uh, you know, being a physical kind of a hockey player. So all that and a lot more to come here on the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. If there's something on your mind, Islanders-related, a topic you'd like us to discuss, a question that you've got, please feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings concerning the New York Islanders. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what is going on with some rumors about buyouts and Sportsnet up in Canada listed, uh, I would say about eight or nine players who very well may be potential buyout candidates. And there are some big names uh, on this list. Uh, You've got Justin Abdelkader, for example, from the Red Wings, Uh, James Neal, in Edmonton, Henrik Lundqvist, potential Hall of Famer with the Rangers, Marc-Andre Fleury, possibility in Vegas, uh, Louis Erickson uh, as one of the possible Vancouver players to be bought out. But for the Islanders, the player that they do mention as a real possibility is Andrew Ladd. And look, I think to a large extent, it does make sense that the Islanders would not mind buying out Andrew Ladd. There would be a cap hit uh, of of money left over, 
and that may not make sense. They they may want to again uh, bury him in the minors and make him a cap casualty in that sense. But the buyout is also a distinct possibility. And look, unfortunately, considering the amount of money he's making and considering the way this team is presently built, there really is no role for Andrew Ladd on this hockey team. And that's just sort of the way it is right now. And when you think about how much money he's making and you think about how difficult it is for the Islanders being up against the cap, here's a player who will be 35 years old in December. He has played 950 games in the National Hockey League in his career. Uh, Spent two full seasons and then two partial seasons with the Islanders. But look, this year, four games with the Islanders, one goal, that's it, plus two on the plus minus, did appear in one playoff game, didn't really do much in it, spent the rest of the season that he was healthy down in Bridgeport, 34 games there, 11 goals, 14 points, and a minus 11 plus minus. So, you know, Look, Ladd has been a productive NHL player. 249 career NHL goals. One more will get him, obviously, to 250. But he is not the kind of player that really fits in exceptionally well with the Barry Trotz system. And I think when push comes to shove, look, all things being equal, the Islanders would rather move him in some way. And... The first choice would certainly be a trade, but the Islanders would have to compensate another team for taking that contract off their hands. It wouldn't be that they would actually get something beneficial or significant in return for trading Andrew Ladd at this stage in his career. And it's not that Ladd isn't capable of helping another team, because he most certainly can. Even at the age of 34, going on 35, look, at the season starts December 1st, he'll turn 35, what, you know, 11 to 12 days into the season. But, you know, Ladd is still capable of putting 15, maybe even 20 goals if he's in the right situation, uh, can give you some time on the power play. You know, he's a useful player and certainly not an exceptional player. But he really is not a fit right now on this team at this time. And if they can't find a trade for him, a buyout certainly does remain a distinct possibility. That's what Sportsnet was speculating on. And I think out of all the possible buyout candidates, and I don't think a buyout is all that advantageous, but... Ladd would make the most sense out of all of the players who are presently on the Islanders' roster. And if they can't find a trade situation and they don't feel like they can, you know, bury him in the minors for cap purposes again, then a buyout is indeed a realistic possibility. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about today. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day 
We'll discuss a former first-round pick and his season and his future with the Islanders, plus a whole lot more still to come. More today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Some more rumors going around right now, the National Hockey League. And according to Darren Drager of TSN up in Canada, the Winnipeg Jets are seriously entertaining the possibility of trading Patrick Lane, their their sniper, their big goal scorer, 22 years old. We did talk about him a little bit a couple of days ago on the show. And here's what Drager had to say. Absolutely, they're serious. The Winnipeg Jets know what their needs are. They need a number two center, and they need to bolster the top four on their blue line. Kevin Cheveldayoff, the general manager there, can't solely rely on free agency. One way or another, Cheveldayoff is listening on Patrick Lane. So, as of right now, first of all, Lane has a two-year deal, so he will be a restricted free agent because of his age at the end of the 2020-2021 season. After that, he's arbitration eligible, but the Islanders would still retain his rights. His cap hit for this season would be 6.5 million dollars and the Islanders would really need to clear up some cap space. Now, Drager was talking about a number 2 center and a top 4 defenseman. The Islanders certainly have enough depth at defense to send one, possibly even two quality defensemen to Winnipeg in this deal. As for the number 2 center, that is a little trickier for the Islanders. Uh, I don't think they would be willing to deal either Josh Bailey or Brock Nelson. But at the same time, you get the blue liner. Maybe you could throw in an Andrew Ladd. Uh, you certainly would have to throw in another draft pick, uh, probably a first rounder, and maybe you know a young prospect type defenseman, uh, or even a prospect type forward. Maybe you throw in a Kiefer Bellows or an Oliver Wallstrom. But it would take a lot, and the Islanders would have to find some cap space. But certainly, getting Lane onto Long Island would be a huge, huge benefit for the New York Islanders. And, you know, look, Lane is not uh, used to playing the Barry Trotz style. He is more of an offensive-minded player, and that has certainly its drawbacks because the Islanders obviously need all of their players to, to play within the system in order for them to be effective. But, look, Alex Ovechkin, when he was in Washington, had a similar reputation in a lot of ways, and he learned how to play in the Barry Trotz system. And maybe, maybe, can't say for sure, but maybe Lane can do the same thing and improve the Islanders' situation. Uh, he would definitely give them, I mean, could you imagine him on a line with Barzal and let's say Anders Lee as the Islanders' top line? That would be an unbelievably good combination. And as far as the power play goes, you add Lane to that power play, and all of a sudden, you know, here is a team that the power play takes on a whole 
different dimension. So we'll see whether it's a possibility. Obviously, the cap makes it a bit of a long shot, but the Islanders still hoping that maybe they could find a way to acquire either Patrick Lane or a similar, you know, goal scorer who can give them that kind of offensive production. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and this birthday will happen on Saturday, and it will be the 68th birthday for former Islanders winger Gary Howitt. Originally drafted by the Islanders in their first year, 1972, in the 10th round, that's 144th overall, Howitt played eight games for the Islanders in his in their first season of existence, picked up his first NHL point and assist, stayed with the Isles through the 80-81 season, so played for the first two Stanley Cup championship teams that the Islanders had, then was dealt to the Hartford Whalers, played one season with the Whale, ended up uh, spending then parts of two seasons with the New Jersey Devils before his career ended at the end of the 1983 84 season. His best season as an Islander, 1975-76, 21 goals and 34 points. The 21 goals was a career high. He had 50 points uh, in 81-82, his one season with the Hartford Whalers. Uh, Again, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. We're going to go back and take a look at a, a big playoff game for Gary Howitt. And it was April 12, 1980, first round of the playoffs, Islanders facing the Los Angeles Kings. This game out in L.A. at the uh, fabulous Forum there. Game four of the series, Islanders came in with a 2-1 series lead, looking to close out what was a best-of-five series. And in the first period, it was Gary Howitt getting the Islanders on the board first, his second goal of the playoffs from Bob Nystrom and Lorne Henning at 15.05. Islanders with the early 1-0 lead. By the way, Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders. Mario Lazard was the LA Kings goalie for this game. In the second period with Doug Hallward off for hooking. Bob Bourne cashes in a power play goal. Gordy Lane and Bobby Nystrom with the assists at 9.27. And after 40 minutes, the Islanders holding on to a two to nothing lead. Some fights in the third period. Howitt and Steve Carlson dropping the gloves and Dave Longevin and Dean Hopkins also dropping the gloves after a spearing penalty by Longevin got that fracas started. But the Islanders had already clinched the game by then. Alex McKendry had scored his first goal of the playoffs from John Tonelli at 146. Then Tonelli his second from McKendry and Wayne Merrick at 522. 55 seconds later, Butch Goring, his second of the playoffs unassisted. And then McKendry again, his second of the playoffs, second of the game. John Tonelli again with the assist at 1015. The Islanders skate away with a 6 to nothing win and eliminate the LA Kings en route to their first Stanley Cup. Multiple point games, McKendry, two goals, one assist. John Tonelli, a goal and two assists. Bobby Nystrom with a pair of helpers, but the game-winning goal, plus five minutes in penalty minutes, to Gary Howitt, scoring his 
goal on his only shot of the hockey game. Meanwhile, Billy Smith, 20 saves to earn the shutout. Islanders out shooting the Kings in this game, 32-20, to and winning the game 6 to nothing, and the series 3 games to 1. So once again, happy birthday to former fan favorite, Le Petit Tiger, Gary Howitt, the Glendon, Alberta native, 68 on Saturday. So happy birthday, Gary Howitt. When we come back, we'll talk about the fortunes of an Islander's former first-round pick. We'll review his season and talk about his possible future with the Islanders. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And folks, if you're trying to stay in shape but really want to enjoy a delicious treat, you've got to try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting candy bar ever. All 18 flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. They come in flavors with nuts and without. They are soft and easy to chew. So many protein bars don't taste so good. The texture isn't good. That's never a problem with Built Bar. How about these flavors? You can really sink your teeth into caramel brownie cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, carrot cake, or cherry barcia. That's the six new flavors added to these wonderful 12 existing flavors. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. How about the cherry barcia flavor? 17 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, we have a limited time offer. Free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Also, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, we are here every Monday through Friday with a new episode talking about the Islanders. We are in the middle of our review of each Islander player, what their 2019-2020 season and playoffs were like, and of course, where they fit into the team in the future. So certainly stick with us as we continue that player-by-player review. Let's talk a little bit about Oliver Wallstrom, the first overall pick for the Islanders, first round pick, 11th overall back in 2018, native of Quincy, Massachusetts, 6'2", 211, former uh, member of the U.S. national under-18 team and played one season at Boston College before turning pro and spending the last season mostly with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. 45 games down in Bridgeport, 10 goals, 22 points, a minus 16. Did spend nine games early in the season with the Islanders, did not figure in the scoring, four penalty minutes, and a minus two, plus minus overall. The thing about Wallstrom when he played in the NHL, uh, first of all, had three shots on goal, in the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets back on October 19th, but didn't see a lot of ice time. Had less than 10 minutes of ice time in four of the nine games that he played, including just six minutes and 46 seconds in an overtime loss the last game that he played uh, back on November 7th against Pittsburgh. So, look, Wallstrom 
still learning the NHL game. And I think it's important to understand, again, this is a 20-year-old. He will not turn 21 until next June. And a big guy like that, 6'2", 211, those power forwards generally are later, take longer to develop because when your game is predicated on power and size, you need to be able to use that size to your advantage. And it's different trying to, you know, establish position in front of the goal playing against AHL players or junior players than it is playing against the biggest, strongest, most skilled hockey players in the world in the National Hockey League. So when you're 18 and you get drafted, generally you need time to get add muscle, gain experience, get a little coaching under your belt. And the old expression is to grow into your body, to actually, you know, put on that weight, then coordinate your body with that weight and learn how to use your size to your advantage against NHL talent. And Wallstrom is still in the process of doing that. Now, the Islanders did loan him to a team in Europe so that now as the fall gets underway, he will be able to get some more experience because we don't know when Bridgeport is coming back. We don't know when the Islanders uh, are going to start the next season. So I think that was a wise move by management, by Lou Lamorello, to give Wallstrom an opportunity to get more experience because more than anything, that's what he needs at this point. And you know, look, if it was a choice between him being in Bridgeport and him being uh, on Long Island, that's one thing. But if it's a choice between nothing and Europe, you got to choose Europe to, to allow Wallstrom to get some more reps. And hopefully that will happen. Now, the other thing about Wallstrom, again, the Islanders looking for goal scoring down the road. According to a scouting report, Wallstrom should be able to provide a good amount of goal scoring for this team, but I don't think he's necessarily ready to do it this season. So the question then becomes, uh, do you let him play in Bridgeport a year? If he doesn't make the Islanders, if he does make the Islanders, again, you're looking at someone who will probably play on the third line, uh, for the most part, maybe get some second power play unit time. And, or is it, you know, do they package him? Are the Islanders in win now mode? Do they package a guy like Wallstrom or a guy like the player we discussed on yesterday's show, Kiefer Bellows, and, you know, send him and a, and a pick and a defenseman to try to get a Patrick Lanay or another, you know, player who can give them goal scoring immediately? These are the questions that Lou Lamorello has to answer. And I think a lot of it is going to depend on what is available, the salary cap implications, and what kind of deals he can pull off during what promises again to be a pivotal offseason for the New York Islanders. I still think that Wallstrom has a bright future, but. You know, maybe it's two or three years away before he really becomes an impact player 
in the National Hockey League. And if the Islanders have an opportunity to add a 25-30 goal scorer and have to deal a Bellows and or a Wallstrom to get it, I can't say it doesn't make sense when you were just a couple of games away from playing in the Stanley Cup Final this past year. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you get all of our episodes in your podcatcher of choice. Uh, Our episodes, again, they drop Monday through Friday, a little after 12.25 a.m., So night owls can listen before bed, early morning risers. It's waiting in your inbox as soon as you wake up. We'll have the best Islanders coverage here for you throughout the offseason. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. And of course, let's go Islanders.